play video games. Fortnite. Overwatch. Minecraft. Cool math games. Schoolwork. Watching movies. Watching TV. Mickey Mouse cartoons. Peppa Pig. Social media. FaceTiming. YouTube. Welcome to the Technopanic Podcast. Living and learning in the age of screen time. Here is your host, my mom, Kristen Turner, and her friend, Ian O'Byrne. Welcome to the Techno Panic Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Turner, and I'm here with my co-host and friend, Ian O'Byrne. And today we are going to talk about digital detox and how we can have some summer fun that's maybe a little more screen-free than what we've been doing for the rest of the year. This episode was actually inspired by a question that came on a parent page that I'm a member of. And the question says, my husband and I have decided to institute a screen-free summer break for our daughters. And though we will likely not be doing it the entire time, we want to do it as much as possible. Has anyone tried a technology-free summer or long break and have any best practices to share? The top issue is how to stay connected with friends since no one uses home phones. Thoughts? I will say that this question inspired a a nice dialogue on the site and it got me thinking about how we use technology in our house. And I don't actually think it's gonna change much from the academic year to the summer with the exception of my kids won't be doing their homework every day. So they won't be pulling out their Chromebooks as soon as they get home and then spending an hour or so on those devices. But we actually, my kids don't actually have phones that they use uh, on a regular basis to stay in touch with friends. Instead, we have a family phone that allows them to stay in touch with friends. But Ian, I know you have some thoughts on digital detox and what we might be able to do. So, so what are you thinking? Uh, first off, I think that I was really excited to see the, the parent share that thought and then have you share it with me and, and wonder what's the motivation behind it. I've thought about, we see this influx of desires to go on trips or spend time with family and we are unplugged. And so I'm wondering if that is a new hallmark of like real togetherness where we say, okay, we're not bringing the Xboxes, we're not bringing devices or tablets, it's just us and we're going to hang out together and love and hate each other all all face to face. Um, so I think summertime provides an opportunity for us to spend more time with our children to think about what their likes and desires are. I think throughout the school year, we spend too much time focused on what the curriculum and the content dictates. And if we use the time wisely, granted life gets in the way, we always can't do what we plan to do. But summer really gives us an opportunity to explore, help our children explore their likes and desires and figure out what their interests are and give some time for serendipity and figure out what they're interested in. In the past, I've been asked by local library to indicate what my guidance would be for parents and children as they enter the summer months. And so I broke it down to four areas. This is not entirely screen free but I think it follows a lot of the same logic that we followed in our talks here on Technopanic. So I broke this down as to read, write, play, and hack. So reading, I don't think that you can read enough. I think that the summertime is a great time to go to the local library. You can use some of their digital offerings. You can take out real books, things that you can hold in your hands. Uh, But I think that getting into the habit of reading is a powerful habit get your child a library card. It doesn't matter how young they are. Go every two weeks, spend time just browsing through the stacks, figure out what they're interested in. 
Uh, library media specialists are more than willing to help you out and figure out what they like, take it home and read it, bring it back, get into that habit and figure out what they're interested in. Uh, share books that you've been interested in and you've loved in the past. The second is write. I think that for me, writing is all about creativity. It's about construction. This could include making stop motion movies. This could include handing over a little old flip video camera or an old cell phone and having your child or children make little movies in the backyard. Um, this could be building things in Minecraft. It could be painting, making music, whatever ways they can express themselves and feel a little bit creative. Um, so you can have them journaling over the time and documenting their thinking along with this, but it's basically just having them create and write and compose. The third is play. I think that the summer gives us opportunities for long periods of uninterrupted play. And so it could be dumping out that those boxes of Legos that have been collecting dust throughout the school year. It could be playing in the backyard. It could be hanging out at the local common areas in your town. But the idea would be for free child-centered play and trying to help your children build up that spot where they feel comfortable as well. Because a lot of them, uh, a lot of children, at least I can speak about my own too, they don't feel that comfortable in not being directed all the time. And when we go to the park, they feel a little bit weird where I'm like, just go play and run. The last is making. I think that making is a very integral component that we need more of in our schools and also in our lives. So this could be crafting, cooking, knitting, remixing, working with digital or quote unquote real content. It could be spending time with code.org. There's a lot of cool backyard science things that you can do. So you can play with rockets, you can have maker spaces, but there's a lot of instructables and makes out there that you can use and play with to have your kids thinking and enriching what they're getting in their schools. So I basically view it as reading, writing, playing, and hacking. And if you spend time during the summer doing that, you're looking at number one, what are your children, what are the interests of your child and help them explore and, and figure out what their interests are. But then two, you're giving them a lot of other dispositions, a lot of other healthy habits and attitudes that they'll need later in life. This all sounds fantastic. Read, write, play, hack or make. I'm hearing though in each of those a little bit of digital. So this does not necessarily support a complete digital detox. Absolutely. And it's interesting because there's a piece that just came out in Wired that for me, provided a healthy look at how to how we live with these screens. And, and one of the things that you and I have talked about is having like a balanced approach to this. So in the past, we've talked about having different types of environments and we've written about it on the blog, talking about, you know, screens on, screens off or screens on the side. I think that's a good heuristic that comes from Anya Kamenetz's book, The Art of Screen Time. But then in Wired, Caitlin Harrington had a piece just came out that cited a lot of the people that we talk about a lot on this podcast. Caitlin basically identifies like these four levels. So Caitlin says, first off, with our use of digital content and media consumption and screens writ broadly, we can use them sparingly. So obviously limit them before bed, during meals and running in the background for no reason. We can use them occasionally. So that's turning off autoplay on YouTube, turning 
on the apps that measure and limit our screen time. That is obviously limiting and abstaining use of violent games or violent content. Caitlin goes on to suggest that we should think about use of content as uh, using it moderately. So if there's age appropriate eBooks, age appropriate movies, TV, online video, video games, have moderation, be cautious. And then lastly, Caitlin identifies the need to use certain things freely. And this is what I love the most is free use of video chats with family, free time co-viewing educational content, free use of creative tools like Scratch and Minecraft and coding platforms, free use of audiobooks, podcasts, music, and then also uh, free use and in free engagement with online affinity groups. So the, the reason why I like that is I, I don't believe in a total abstinence of screens. The Anya Kamenitz talks about in the art of screen time of you viewing this like a, a healthy eating mindset. And so not having too much of certain things and balancing other things out. And I think this, this food pyramid for media consumption fits in well, where we're looking at sparing occasional moderate and free consumption or use of these different types of texts. This makes a lot of sense to me, and I'm now thinking about the question that the parent asked in the local community group and wondering, because the concerns seem to be about communicating with friends, I'm wondering if really what the limit there needs to be is on the social media, on Instagram, mm -hmm. on Snapchat. And in some ways, maybe taking that away entirely is not a bad thing as long as you can still communicate with your friends using just the text messaging app or the message app on the phone. So it's not about removing all screens or devices to remove communication, uh, but maybe you're only communicating on FaceTime or on the messaging app and you're removing some of those other tools that might be kind of causing harm in some ways or taking your attention or whatever it is that the parent is concerned about. Um, I think that your heuristic that you talked about, which is, is just a way of thinking about things, is super helpful. Be and it also, if we think about talking with our kids about these, like what is it that you want out of your devices this summer? And if we give you the option, like there are some freebies, like there are no limits on listening to podcasts or there are no limits on using Scratch or some other kind of coding tool, but maybe we need to put limits on something else, that that conversation and setting up those guidelines is really what your detox could be about. Absolutely. What's the purpose? Talk to your children. You know, is this going to be something that you basically lay it down and say, we are all doing this or else? What's the purpose? Talk to your children, figure out what the needs are. If you want to have a break to calibrate, I've tested out in my own life and I've written about having a screen-free Saturday have one day a week where we don't use any devices, have rules and make it a game and make it a way that you're playing. Like, can we, can we get to this park that we've never been to and back without using ways, you know, can, can we exist? People did it before ways. How did they do this wonderful uh, navigation? BW, um, navigating BW. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm wondering what's the purpose? Talk to your kids about it. That would be my guidance. I'd also say that we can play and still play with screens there and, and think about not what could we do with these screens, but what should we be doing with these screens? And summer provides a real great opportunity to sort of be more intentional about our use, but be more, be more thoughtful about our use of these screens. 
Right. And I think summer is also about bringing family back together after a crazy academic year where kids are involved in activities and doing homework and parents are stressed trying to get dinner on the table, get their jobs done. The jobs don't necessarily go away for parents in the summer, but for the kids, some of the pressure may be off. So this is a, a time to reconnect with them. And I love what you said earlier about identifying their passions. Sometimes as parents, we think we know what their passions are, but, but maybe they have interests that we don't know about. And this is an opportunity for them to really sit down and, and think about what they love, what they want to do, what they want to learn about. And then we can learn alongside them as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Ian, for all of your advice. I hope that it helps other parents think about what they can do with screens and not just go full out digital detox, but maybe go digital light or rethink the use of digital in their homes, as I'm sure you and I are going to do. Uh, that's it for season one of the Technopanic podcast. We have been living and learning in a digital age and trying to reduce the amount of panic that we see about technology uh, and, and just be thoughtful about the role of technology in our lives and our kids' lives. We are going to take a reboot this summer and we will be back next fall with some new episodes. In the meantime, you can reach us at screentime.me where we hope that you will participate in some of our ongoing research questions about screen time. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks for listening. Now I can get back to playing video games. Take the pellet.